It's the toughest, most important job in the world. Four kids. If you want to know what it's like to have a fourth, just imagine you're drowning. And then someone hands you a baby. This is The Mom Show. It's where moms come to learn and share. Our host is Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome on into The Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. Very excited about both of our guests that we have here today uh, to talk about maternal mental health in Utah. There's some Big news that has happened here in our state in the last couple of weeks. There's some things to talk about on the maternal mental health um, funding front. Uh, so I want to get into all of it. But joining me now, Utah's First Lady, Abby Cox. Abby, thank you for joining me today on The Mom Show. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Okay, so first and foremost, you have four children. For people who maybe don't know, even though you've been our governor for a couple of, or your husband's been our governor for a couple of months, you've been our first lady for a couple of months, tell people a little bit about your family. Yeah, so we have four children, uh, three boys, and then our girl, uh, she came last, which is which is fun. <laughs> and uh, our oldest is 22, and our our baby girl is 14. So we're we're kind of in the the stages where people are leaving us, and <laughs> as fast as they came, that that's how fast they're leaving. So um, so yeah, we we love it, and we live here in Fairview, and kind of back and forth right now till the kids are out of school so yeah that was one of my questions are you you guys are still down there and is your husband staying at the governor's mansions during the week or how do you all navigate that so it's been a little tricky and but we're used to chaos because we you know we kind of have been back and forth for seven and a half years now so uh but he we uh He's, he's been staying up about two or three days a week, and then I've been coming up and doing one or two days a week, working on initiative work and, and things that I need to get done there. So still trying to get back, make sure we were going to ball games and, and kids kids things and doing, and doing all the things that moms do. So that's we're trying to make it work. Your parents just like us and juggling all the things, it sounds like. Yeah, so Absolutely. interesting. Okay, so we're going to get into a little bit about your um, your journey with postpartum issues. Um, I want to bring in Brooke Dorf, too. She's from the Utah Department of Health in the Maternal Mental Health Department. Brooke, thanks for joining me today. It's good to talk to you again. Yeah, thanks, Lindsay. So tell us about uh, some just some of the latest figures that we that you guys studied at the Utah Department of Health. So I think the most important one to highlight is that um, we looked at moms between 2017 and 2019. And during that time period, it showed that almost 43%, 42.8% of Utah residents with a recent live birth um, were affected by depression or anxiety. And that includes before um, the three months before pregnancy, during pregnancy and postpartum. So this is a huge range, but that's almost half of, you know, recent birthers that we're talking about. That was my thought, too. When you think about this number, you're like, geez, almost half of the women in this state are impacted by a postpartum mood disorder in one way or another. Like if half of our population was dealing with anything else, don't you think we would like pay attention to it? So, 
Yeah, and it has a lot of implications. You know, we know a lot more as as the years go on about maternal mental health and how it affects entire family systems and children growing up and um, just everything. So this is a, a huge problem, and I'm so glad that we're bringing awareness to it. Yeah. Abby, let me come back to you. We're talking with Utah's First Lady, Abby Cox. You've been open about uh, dealing with a postpartum mood disorder after your third baby. Will you share a little bit more about your experience? Yeah. And, and, you know, I had two, two boys and we were actually living in Virginia um, for those first two boys. And we were all by ourselves out there, you know, not, not a lot of family around. We, um, it was all news. My husband was in law school. Um, and so it was, and I was finishing up student teaching actually there and in Virginia and, um, and just really didn't have any sort of postpartum issues as far as, you know, mental health goes. And so it was a real surprise to me when I was, we were back in Utah, you know, I had family uh, close-ish by, and we were living um, in Davis County and had my third baby boy and um, got home from the hospital. And I remember it was a Saturday and I remember the next day, my husband took the two little boys and went to church. And uh, I just remember sobbing for the for, for the whole entire three hours that he was gone. And I didn't know why or what, it was a new experience for me and I didn't know what it was. And I had, the, the best way I can describe it is just really kind of this heaviness in my chest that I couldn't shake or, or that I didn't really understand. And, and a lot of these emotions going through me and just, it came out in just absolute tears and I, <laughs> uncontrollable tears. And I just, I was so confused, but the, the way I explain it to people is like, in my mind, what's happening in my mind at that moment is, is or at that period in time, of time was, I, I knew I could take care of the two little boys and I knew I could take care of a baby, but logically in my mind, I could not make it fit. It was like a puzzle piece that you know should fit, but just doesn't. And, and I just couldn't make it work that I could actually take care of all three of these children. And that's where this anxiety and the, and the pressure came and the, and the emotions. And anyway, it just, it, it was something new and something I'd never experienced before. And it scared me. Yeah, I can completely relate to these feelings. Um, my experience was with postpartum anxiety and OCD after my first was born. And so this was my transition into motherhood. This was my like, you're a mother now and your life gets flipped upside down. And I think just the shock of like life transition and all of the preconceived notions and beliefs that I had about motherhood and what it was quote unquote supposed to look like. And then what my experience was, I was like, hold on, nobody told me it was going to be like this. And it was just a real shock to the system. And I've talked about this many times on the air and I have zero problems talking about it, but the crux of my issues were those scary intrusive thoughts of harm coming to my baby, sometimes at my own hand. And it was terrifying. Like you're saying, you don't know what you're experiencing. You don't know what you're going through. And you're like, am I going crazy? Like, is something wrong with me? Am I broken in some way? And those thoughts just scared me so much. I can totally relate to your feeling just scared by your emotions. You're kind of like, what is this? Like, I don't know where this is coming from. Yeah. And, and also, you know, what's interesting because I, and I mentioned this before in that press conference is that 
you had you I guess for me I had heard about things and maybe your experience was something I had heard about like I had heard that you know postpartum was like you you had these feelings that you could hurt your child and so I guess where the disconnect for me was that I didn't have that particular type of feeling or 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 impulse but so I so I couldn't recognize it as postpartum anxiety or or whatever it was I I couldn't recognize it as that because I'd had it described in other ways and so I guess I think it's important for us to say all all of this may look different in your own life it doesn't diminish or it doesn't make it so that it's not uh, really a tough situation for you. Yeah, that's such an important point. Talking with Utah's First Lady, Abby Cox, about her experience with postpartum issues. Um, yeah, that it's such an important point that it can look different for every woman in every pregnancy and subsequent pregnancies. It can manifest in different ways. Um, it can show up, like you're saying, more depressively. It can show up more anxiety-ridden. It can show up more um, obsessing. It can show up more anger. It can show up the rage. The postpartum rage is something I experienced too, which is a whole nother level. So we'll take a break right now. We're also chatting with Brooke Dorff from the Utah Department of Health in the Maternal Mental Health Department. Uh, we'll take a break more with both of these women when we come back on The Mom Show. You joined The Mom Show. Being a mom can be tough sometimes. We try to make it easier. Here's Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio. Welcome back into the Mom Show. Thank you for joining us. If you are just joining us, we're chatting with Utah's First Lady, Abby Cox. She has been our First Lady for all of two months now. <laughs> Abby, thank you for joining me on the Mom Show. We are talking about your postpartum experience. You've been very open about your postpartum struggles after your third baby and all of us women here in Utah so appreciate that. But I would like to ask you, how is the transition going to being Utah's first lady? Well, uh, it's it's going. And uh, again, like I said, it's it's it looks a little different, I think, right now than it will in a few months because of we're, we have our children here finishing school. Uh, eventually they will. Our, our third son, who I referenced, <laughs> he's actually a senior and we'll be graduating uh, here at North Sand Pete. And then Emma Kate, our daughter, will be moving up to Salt Lake with us come summertime and when we get through all that. So I think, you know, it's, it's tough because we went right from election to transition to inauguration to first, you know, the first session and uh, legislative session. And so it's been, you know, and then with COVID and vaccination uh, stuff going on on top of that has just been pretty chaotic. Oh, it's, but, yeah, I can only we're imagine. There. Yeah, I'm so glad. You know, I watched a press conference with your husband yesterday, and he he's just making me laugh these days because he's just like trying to give us so much hope on this COVID vaccine, which I totally appreciate. I wanted to ask you, is he like that in real life? Is he just Mr. Optimism? He really is an optimistic person and, and, but he's also realistic. And I, I guess um, the part that, that I think he gets frustrated and I think you saw in that press conference yesterday was um, what, what he's seeing in the data, what we're seeing in the, in the science and what's going on with these, vac with these vaccines and how, how amazing they are looking uh, versus what we're kind of seeing like, from out of out of some of these political organizations saying, hey, 
hold on, hold on, hold on. And he's saying, no, let, let's have hope. We, what, what's an interesting thought is, you know, we study all this science, but we really need to study behavioral science, which is sort of my background. But we, we, need, to, we need to give people that hope. And it's not false hope. In, in, in what we're seeing in the data. And so I think that's really important. No, trust me, I'm clinging to his every word that yeah. he's telling us we're going to get vaccines by April. You you just keep telling me that I'm okay with with you giving me that hope. But yeah, it, it's just, it is kind of refreshing to have a politician who's just sort of like telling us, you know, just just hang on, guys, we got this. Like, I feel like it is, it's unifying. I can understand where his critics might say like, you got to be realistic too. Like you can't just pull the wool over our eyes, but um, that hope piece is important. I think in a leader. Yeah, I, I think so too. And and again, we we're obviously going to be realistic about what it what it looks like. But everything you, you have to know about him, he's he reads and studies everything, and so he he has read and studied everything there is to read and study on on vaccines, on the virus, and. And he sort of collates all that in his mind. And what he's seeing in all these trends is that it is actually very hopeful and and it's exciting because I think we're all ready to to just be together again. Yeah. We need that for our mental health. Yeah, if I could have done this interview in person, I would have. So that I yep. am really looking forward to this time when we can get back together again. Uh, chatting with Utah's First Lady, Abby Cox, of course, and joining us also, Brooke Dorf of the Utah Department of Health. Brooke runs the Maternal Mental Health Department at the Utah Department of Health. Uh, I got off topic, but I want to talk about all these things. So we are talking today about um, uh, maternal mental health in the state of Utah. Uh, Governor Cox just declared uh, February Maternal Mental Health Awareness Month, which is such a huge deal. Uh, Mrs. Cox, or excuse me, Abby, let me ask you, how much how much hand did you have in that decision? Or um, was that just him being like, no, we need to recognize this? Uh, I think it's both. Um, it's him and I together because, first of all, that's kind of the way we have always done things. But also because he experienced it with me, he 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 went through those times. We went through them together, and we were both baffled. I mean, he he was every bit as baffled when he would come home and see me in complete, you know, chaos with my emotions. So um, we we worked through it together, and he recognizes and and also we experienced a tragedy in our community. Five years ago, when a dear friend of ours, Emily Dykes, was killed um, because of some the way she, you know, her her postpartum was manifesting, and so it it just hit our entire community. She was a dear friend of ours. I mean, we went to school together. Uh, we know the family very very well. Um, so it's we've seen how this has torn their family, and and just been so devastating to to our entire community. So, um, no, he gets it and he, he knows how important this issue is. Yeah. And that's that's so important. I think I've done episodes on this very show about how spouses often don't know how to help because they're just like, 
this is a happy time. Like, you should be happy. And you're like, no, <laughs> like, I'm terrified right now. And then they want to help and they're well-meaning, but they don't know how or what to do. So uh, I, I know my husband's been through the same thing where it's just like, I, we would have a code word where when I was having intrusive thoughts, I would text him or call him and say, elephant, elephant. And that meant that I need you to ask me about my intrusive thoughts. I need you to, because I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm in my own head that, you know, I was really resisting these thoughts, but uh, he would call me and ask me and say to me, are you okay? What, what's the thought? You know, you have to say these thoughts out loud. You have to really, um, take away their power, even though it's so scary. So to have someone in your corner helping you in that way is so important. Well, and I would, I would also say, look, the, because my experience was not, um, you know, to the point where I needed, uh, like therapy or clinical help or, or even, um, medication that my experience is not everybody's experience. And we have to recognize that and as a state, and like you say, 50%, you know, almost half of the population is experiencing this, then these are conversations that have to come out of just our intimate circles and into the public eye and the public ears to say, look, we are experiencing this and, and normalize it. Because if half the people are experiencing this, it is actually normal. So I, I think we need to make sure that that's part of the conversation. Yeah, that is so important. Abby Cox, of course, is Utah's first lady. Brooke Dorf, I didn't really give you a chance to talk this segment. We're, we're going to get to you. We'll take a break. Uh, we'll talk with both Brooke and Abby when we come back on The Mom Show. You joined The Mom Show. Being a mom can be tough sometimes. We try to make it easier. Here's Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio. Welcome back into the Mom Show. Thank you for joining us. If you are just joining us, we're chatting with Utah's first lady, Abby Cox. She has been our first lady for all of two months now. <laughs> Abby, thank you for joining me on the Mom Show. We are talking about your postpartum experience. You've been very open about your postpartum struggles after your third baby and all of us women here in Utah so appreciate that. But I would like to ask you, how is the transition going to being Utah's first lady? Well, uh, it's, it's going. And uh, again, like I said, it's, it's, it looks a little different, I think right now than it will in a few months because of where we have our children here finishing school. Uh, eventually they will, our, our third son who I referenced, <laughs> he's actually a senior and will be graduating, uh, here at North Pete. And then Emma Kate, our daughter will be moving up to Salt Lake with us come summertime and when we get through all that. So I think, you know, it's, it's tough because we went right from election to transition to inauguration to first, you know, the first session and uh, legislative session. And so it's been, you know, and then with COVID and vaccination uh, stuff going on on top of that has just been pretty chaotic. Oh, it's, but, yeah, I can only we're imagine. There. Yeah, I'm so glad. You know, I watched a press conference with your husband yesterday and he, he's just making me laugh these days because he's just like trying to give us so much hope on this COVID vaccine, which I totally appreciate. I wanted to ask you, is he like that in real life? Is he just Mr. Optimism? He really is an optimistic person and, and, but he's also realistic. And I guess, 
um, the part that that I think he gets frustrated, and I think you saw in that press conference yesterday, was um, what what he's seeing in the data, what we're seeing in the in the science, and what's going on with these vac- with these vaccines, and how how amazing they are looking. Uh, versus what we're kind of seeing like from out of out of some of these political organizations saying hey hold on hold on hold on and he's saying no let's let's have hope we what what's an interesting thought is you know we study all this science but we really need to study behavioral science which is sort of my background but we we need to we need to give people that hope and it's not false hope in 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 what we're seeing in the data and so i think that's really important no trust me i'm clinging to his every word that he's telling us we're going to get vaccines by april you you just keep telling me that i'm okay with with you giving me that hope but yeah it's just it is kind of refreshing to have a politician who's just sort of like telling us you know just just hang on guys we got this like i feel like it is it's unifying i can understand where his critics might say like you got to be realistic too. Like you can't just pull the wool over our eyes, but um, that hope piece is important. I think in a leader. Yeah, I, I think so too. And and again, we we're obviously going to be realistic about what it what it looks like. But everything you you have to know about him, he's he reads and studies everything, and so he he has read and studied everything there is to read and study on on vaccines, on the virus, and. And he sort of collates all that in his mind and what he's seeing in all these trends is that it is actually very hopeful and and it's exciting because I think we're all ready to to just be together again. Yeah. We need that for our mental health. Yeah, if I could have done this interview in person, I would have. So that I yep. am really looking forward to this time when we can get back together again. Uh, chatting with Utah's First Lady, Abby Cox, of course, and joining us also, Brooke Dorf of the Utah Department of Health. Brooke runs the Maternal Mental Health Department at the Utah Department of Health. Uh, I got off topic, but I want to talk about all these things. So we are talking today about um, uh, maternal mental health in the state of Utah. Uh, Governor Cox just declared uh, February Maternal Mental Health Awareness Month, which is such a huge deal. Uh, Mrs. Cox, or excuse me, Abby, let me ask you, how much how much hand did you have in that decision? Or um, was that just him being like, no, we need to recognize this? Uh, I think it's both. Um, it's him and I together because, first of all, that's kind of the way we have always done things. But also because he experienced it with me, he 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 went through those times. We went through them together, and we were both baffled. I mean, he he was every bit as baffled when he would come home and see me in complete, you know, chaos with my emotions. So um, we we worked through it together, and he recognizes. And and also we experienced a tragedy in our community. Five years ago, when a dear friend of ours, Emily Dykes, was killed um, because of some the way she, you know, her her postpartum was manifesting, and so it it just hit our entire community. She was a dear friend of ours. I mean, we went to school together. Uh, we know the family very very well. Um, so it's we've seen how this has torn their family, and and just been so devastating to to our entire community. So 
um, no, he gets it and he, he knows how important this issue is. Yeah. And that's, that's so important. I think I've done episodes on this very show about how spouses often don't know how to help because they're just like, this is a happy time. Like you should be happy. And you're like, no, like I'm terrified right now. And then they want to help and they're well-meaning, but they don't know how or what to do. So uh, I I know my husband's been through the same thing where it's just like, we would have a code word where when I was having intrusive thoughts, I would text him or call him and say, elephant, elephant. And that meant that I need you to ask me about my intrusive thoughts. I need you to, because I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm in my own head that, you know, I was really resisting these thoughts, but uh, he would call me and ask me and say to me, are you okay? What, what's the thought? You know, you have to say these thoughts out loud. You have to really um, take away their power, even though it's so scary. So to have someone in your corner helping you in that way is so important. Well, and I would, I would also say, look, the, because my experience was not, um, you know, to the point where I needed, uh, like therapy or clinical help or, or even, um, medication that my experience is not everybody's experience. And we have to recognize that. And as a state, and like you say, 50%, you know, almost half of the population is experiencing this then these are conversations that have to come out of just our intimate circles and into the public eye and the public ears to say, look, we are experiencing this and, and normalize it. Cause if half the people are experiencing this, it is actually normal. So I, I think we need to make sure that that's part of the conversation. Yeah, that is so important. Abby Cox, of course, is Utah's first lady. Brooke Dorf, I didn't really give you a chance to talk this segment. We're, we're going to get to you. We'll take a break. Uh, we'll talk with both Brooke and Abby when we come back on The Mom Show. Back inside The Mom Show. Dads are welcome, but moms come here to be heard. We're with Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio. Welcome back into the Mom Show. Thank you for joining us today. I am here with Utah's First Lady, Abby Cox. Abby, thank you so much for joining me on the Mom Show today. I have been just so honored that you would come on and share really a personal experience about experiencing a postpartum mood disorder after your third baby. And I know you've been open about this, um, but it is so amazing to hear from women in power who have been through these very normal experiences um, that uh, I think it's such an important story to share. I wanted to ask you, Abby, as you realized you were dealing with a postpartum issue, what beliefs do you feel like maybe cultural or um, just any other beliefs that you feel like played into your postpartum? Does, does that make sense what I'm asking you? Because I had this experience where it was just like, I was sold a different picture of motherhood. And then that experience I was having really threw me for a loop. Yeah, no, I, that, that's a great question. I, I also think um, we, we do each other a disservice when we sugarcoat what motherhood is. And we, we need to celebrate motherhood and it's beautiful and it's wonderful. Um, but there's, I, you know, I feel a little betrayed sometimes when I get in a situation and so somebody, you know, I have, I have seven sisters. So when I get in a situation, I said, Hey, why wasn't I told about this? <laughs> so, so that's one experience. I think we need to be better as women together to really 
I mean, and again, not that we don't have to dwell on the negative, but just be real with one another, you know, just know that, that Instagram is a fantasy and that it's not real. And we need to connect with one another in real ways that really help. I mean, I, I, even when I sent my first son on a mission and I came back really betrayed by all the women I knew who had sent boys on missions or girls on missions and said, now, wait a minute, why wasn't I told how difficult this was? And so I think as women, we need to be a little more real with each other, a little, you know, more, more, um, you know, just really tell each other how it is so that we can be prepared and support one another. Yes, I love that message so much. I feel like the same thing happened to me. Like, I never saw anyone not loving motherhood. I never saw anyone not fulfilled by motherhood. I never saw anyone. And this doesn't mean they didn't exist. It just means I didn't see them. And that could be on me too. I 100% take responsibility for that. But what you're saying is we need to share more of the real of motherhood. Well, and, and, and also the, the, what it, what it looks like individually, but look, I mean, I, I tell women all the time, I tell people, anybody that's having a baby and they're struggling and saying, oh, well, I'm not doing this or I'm not doing that. And I always say, look, it's about survival. We're surviving. They're going to survive. You're going to, we got to get you to survive. (laughs) Those kids are going to be just fine. But we need, you know, if it means that you're, you know, you have this idea about how much TV they're supposed to watch and they're watching way more than that guess what? It's a survival day. And that's what we're going to do today. So I I just I think we've got to stop beating each other up. We've got to stop beating ourselves up. And we've got to just survive through this and connect and help one another. I love that so much. I feel like there's so much pressure on moms to just love every minute of it. And if you're not loving it, then that means you don't love your kids. Like that's such a damaging message. And it, and it's also, I guess, I, I, I see this with, I, I mean, I chose to be a stay-at-home mom, and I have been for 22 years, and that's my choice. But I also think we need to look at each other and say, you know, your choice is something different, and that looks different to you, and that's awesome. That's great. We love it. I mean, when Spencer had his chief of staff, she had her baby, we had a pack-and-play in the office. I mean, there she, you know, whatever it looked like to help her to stay where she wanted to be, then, then that's what we do. We support each other's choices, um, you know, not blaming, having a lot of empathy and just connecting with one another and helping each other out. And I love that too. Like if we can make workplaces more family friendly like that, like how many more business communities can we say, okay, your employees, especially your female employees want to have children. Let's make it easy for them. Let's, Absolutely. <laughs> let's make Absolutely. it easier on them. Cause you know what? They're going to come back and be more productive employees. If you make it easy for them to manage their family life and their work life, uh, that is a piece that I feel like society is missing. And it's no wonder. I mean, the pandemic has highlighted how much women have struggled so desperately. I mean, women are having to choose between going to work and staying home and and frankly the men aren't having to make that decision (laughs) they just get to go and and do their thing and nobody bats an eye but women are faced with these impossible decisions and I just feel like we're sometimes we're working with cement blocks on our feet yeah yeah and 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 again I think it's a conversation we have post pandemic working from home hybrid, whatever that looks like to make sure that women get to stay where they need to stay and where they want to stay. And that we as women support each other in that and that the men are supporting as well. 
Absolutely. Abby Cox, of course, is Utah's first lady. Um, Abby, I want to give you a final thought after I bring Brooke in really fast on this segment. Brooke, uh, what is your message from the Utah Department of Health? If any mom is dealing with a postpartum mood disorder right now, whether she knows it or not, what do you want to tell her? Well, two things. If you don't know it, one red flag that I want to leave with everybody, there's a million different signs and symptoms we can go through. But your red flag that you can pay attention to for yourself is I don't feel like myself. Um, Your partner can also pay attention to that red flag. You are not yourself. There is an old you and you've changed in whatever way that is. So know that it doesn't have to be rock bottom for you to get help. Know that you know, it looks different for everybody. You may not be in bed crying all the time, but maybe you're overwhelmed or you're irritable, or maybe it's just a slight difference, but know that you don't have to hit rock bottom to get help. We do have resources for you to get help. They don't have to be expensive. They don't have to be hard. Um, And really, you are worth it. You prioritize everybody else in your life, but really you need to prioritize yourself in order to be able to be that person you wanna be. And Abby, I'm going to give you the last 30 seconds. What is your message to Utah moms out there who might be dealing with postpartum issues or just dealing with motherhood in general? Um, I guess my 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 encouragement is is the most important. I I encourage you to to connect with one another, to see yourself as normal, to get the help that you need, and to let's just all have a little more grace for each other and a little more empathy in everybody's situation and coming together to connect. I love it. Utah's first lady, Abby Cox, Brooke Dorf from the Utah Department of Health. Thank you both so much for joining me this week on The Mom Show.